Welcome to the Heart and Liver Podcast. A podcast about two guys spilling their guts about God, life, and fatherhood. Since this is a dad podcast, this is our podcast about politics and about how and if and why our politics change, how we look at politics. This is our advice. You, of course, as we're listening to this, uh, kids, however old you are, we are, at, first of all, acknowledging that your politics may be different from ours. You are free to have your own political opinions. This is just us sharing with you how we look at politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, how our politics have changed. I know my view on politics or where I get my uh, political information has changed over the years. It used to be, mm-hmm. it used, I used to get it from one source. Uh, I would I would listen to the radio and talk radio. Rush Limbaugh was the big uh, guy that I would listen to. And then over time, mm-hmm. it um, the Eighth Commandment issues really bothered me as a Christian. I said, I just can't. I can't listen to somebody just berate somebody from another uh, party or make fun of them or um, uh, call out a certain feature of that individual and then use that always in that description of that individual. I just I, I had a hard time stomaching that. And then over time, just the realization of uh, the scare tactics that both sides use all the time. Uh, all the you? time. All the time. <laughs> Yeah, so I agree with you. Same experience that I was like, um, I was a fan of um, Bill O'Reilly, but then again, the same thing when he started name calling. Then I was like, well, I okay, that's your opinion, but that doesn't help me make a decision. You know, so I got I got turned off by that all the time. Um, so now I'm looking at you know. The uh, the extreme, I guess, like the Babylon Bee, which is all satire and making jokes. And then not the Bee, which they just find the most crazy real headline and they just share it. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a political bias other than humor and this is crazy. And it doesn't matter where it's coming from. Um, so that... And so then I'm, you know, take a little salt of, uh, Tom Scott. Um, isn't Tom Scott with the Dilbert? No, Scott Adams. Scott Adams, yeah. Scott Adams with Dilbert, a little bit of that, a little bit of, um, Elon Musk. Um, you know, I'm just listening to podcasts where they interview him. Mm-hmm. Not that I agree with him. I just like the way he thinks, you know, his, his, his train of thought. Um, also the, the political ads, you can't trust anything like no matter who makes it, it's, it's, there's some twist to it that they take something out of, even my own kids say, Hey, they're taking that out of context. Um, and so then it, it twists it to, to change your thinking. And we just got slammed with a ton of regular old mail postcards and stuff. And it's all the same thing. And you can't, and that we're like the kids when they're watching streaming, you know, video, they're just tired of the political ads that come on and it's the same ones. And then, 
it doesn't really tell you anything. That's an excellent point. It doesn't tell you anything. It, it, it manipulates your feelings where it's either mm-hmm. you're scared that the other side is going to go or you're angry yeah. at what the other side is doing. And then you are making, making yourself feel better. Like you are smart that you, your candidate is going to do this and your yeah. candidate has got a better solution. And it's all about your feelings rather than, um, the issues. Yeah. yeah I thought it was funny. The one for our local district for the Wisconsin assembly, we have a guy that's running that's just, you know, he's not a politician. He's just fed up with politics. So he's like, I want to do something about it. So I'm going to run. He's a forklift driver. You know, he's just a common, hardworking guy. And the ads for the, that try to bash him say he's a radical. I'm like, a radical forklift driver? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And this will be airing after the election, so it's it's not like we're trying to influence anybody to uh, vote a certain way. It's just or influencing mm-hmm. our kids to vote a certain way. We're just talking about how we process all this information, and that's our encouragement yep. for you: is not to peel behind the curtain to see that the yep. the wizard is behind the curtain there, and what's being what's being done to you, um, and to take a second look and say. Is this how, as a Christian, we should be deciding how we should, in our Christian freedom, to vote? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot. Like, when I went and looked at our sample ballot, besides the candidates, there's uh, we have referendums. Mm-hmm. And so then the way it's written is so legalese, and you're like, what does that actually mean? And so you have to take the time to research it. You can't just walk in. I mean, it used to be... I feel like when we were younger, 10 plus years ago, we could just walk into the voting booth, have a general idea of who we want to vote for. And the referendums you you didn't know, and you could just figure out by the wording which way you want to vote. But now it's so complicated that you're like, um, so like for us, talk about a complicated, here's a complicated issue. So for uh, for our vote ballot, the school, di- the public school school district has two referendums on there. One is to create a bond to um, do a bunch of projects for their schools. And then the other one is to increase or remove the spending cap that's put on them by law. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm all for, you know, being good with our kids in our community and equipping them and teaching them, I'm, I'm all for that. <clears throat> but when I looked at the referendum and I looked at, you know, it's according to this Wisconsin state statute, we're going to do these bonds. And so then wait a minute. So I looked that up and then I looked up, okay, so the school district has the right to issue bonds and then, and then um, people can pay, you know, get those bonds and invest their money. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. How does the school district earn money to pay the interest and principal back on those bonds? And then it says, by raising taxes. I'm like, ah. So when you read it on the ballot, it's like, oh, yeah, no problem. You can just go ahead and issue some bonds. People will buy the bonds, and then you'll build your buildings. And they're like, "Well, well, yeah, and then our taxes go up. I mean, like for a business, you can't just 
you got to be wise with what you have. And, okay, if you want to take out a loan, that's fine. But then you got to come up with the money to pay it back. Whereas this is somebody else is determining what to build and what's a priority to fund. And we have to pay for it. And we don't get to decide what's important. Mm-hmm. We just decide to increase our indirectly increase our property tax. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And then the one, the other one to remove the cap, then you're like, wait a minute. The, you know, like this, the assembly, a set made a law with guidelines to be financially responsible as a government. And then you just want to bypass that. Mm -hmm. So you can have more money for whatever project you want to do. And again, you don't get to decide what they're going to use that money, extra money for. Um, but then again, how is the government going to get extra money to give to the school? Well, they got to raise property tax again. So you're like, hmm. Especially right now with the economy and the inflation. Um, Carolyn, you know, Carolyn went shopping this morning and it's like the, the price of lettuce tripled. It's just crazy. Yeah. And you're like, and you want to raise taxes? The other one, the other referendum we have on there. It, oh, we have two more. <laughs> we have. Is this okay? Can I keep going? I don't care. It. it, oh, it okay. if, if our listeners appreciate it, they can always skip ahead. Well, oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a referendum um, where it's more. It's more like a recommendation. It doesn't actually do anything. It's just a recommendation to. Uh, one is that you make clean water a right. Mm. And then the other one is to legalize marijuana. Now, both of those don't have legal binding. They're just like recommendations to either the county or the city so they can run it up the chain. And I looked at um like the marijuana one. And there's studies that say, you know, show that the states that legalize marijuana, they can't find any negative connotation or negative consequence for that. However, the state of Colorado was one of the first states to legalize marijuana. And when they did that, they formed a report that would come out every year since two, since they did it in the early 2000s saying, what are the ramifications? And um, um, deadly accidents by people high on marijuana has increased 138%. I'm like, whoa. Nobody's talking about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the The positive thing is that the states love it because they get money because they can tax marijuana sales. Did, and then, did that report also have like prison? Like how many people are in prison? Is the number of people in prison gone down or? Um, I didn't say anything about people. I did talk about crime and people going to the hospital for issues. And so it like those stayed the same because they looked at. People who have marijuana in the system 
and committed crime versus then where it was illegal versus now when it's legal, you know, it's about the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with people going to the hospital for medical issues. It's about the same. Um, But suicide is up. Hmm. And when I thought that was interesting that you would think, yeah, it's suicide before or after COVID. Well, this was 2019. Oh, okay. This I looked at, so it could be, yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's all kinds of things yeah. that were. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's, yeah. So it's like, um, if people want to get high on drugs, they're going to do it no matter if it's legal or not. But do we, as a people, do we want that legal? And what are the consequences? Well, on one hand, you got, okay, it's regulated, so it's, like, safer, mm-hmm. and so there's less of other dangerous chemicals, okay. So, you, But then, and the government gets more money, and so then you're like, well, then, of course, the government's going to promote that it's okay um, and push the safer angle because they want the money. There's so many oh. different moving parts when it comes to these things. Like you think of yeah, right. like alcohol and nicotine, the effect yep, of that same on, thing. on the culture. Nicotine is uh, your life insurance. As a kid, you're, you're not even thinking about life insurance. But uh, life insurance or health insurance, um, when I was talking to a, um, somebody about Obamacare and um, with the, organi- uh, the churches that I was serving and trying to figure out what to do for health insurance and when it was Obamacare way back when, it was always, you know, there was still a, um, they, they build it as, well, Obamacare didn't have any, um, prerequisites. What's that called? Uh, preconditions, except for one, mm-hmm. whether you smoked. And if you smoked, you were automatically put into a different bracket. So what our yeah. government allows or what it doesn't allow, what it's safe and what isn't safe when it comes to marijuana, we have to always consider We've already made these determinations on things that aren't necessarily safe for our people, the people of our country, but are still, we still allow it. So it's not like marijuana is right. a new issue that we've never had before. Right. Yeah. It's always been, right. and, uh, we've always, we've had this discussion back and forth. So as I'm trying to think of like, as a, as a dad talking to my kids, what, what would I want you to consider when it comes to things like marijuana is, is, the if you think it's just one issue, there's more than one issue. Like do mm-hmm. do that kind of research about that. This yep. there and the the that's one. The other one is unintended consequences. Like I didn't know. About, yes. Um, if you allow alcohol to happen or allow marijuana to happen, what are the unintended consequences that might happen? Yep. And I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't have an answer for that. I'm just saying, just be aware of that. Yeah. Like they don't talk about. Like Wisconsin's horrible at drunk driving accidents. And we have a horrible rate and we should, if we're going to have alcohol legal, then we should have strict rules about if you're driving, you shouldn't. And the same should happen with marijuana. Mm-hmm. If you, if you make marijuana legal, that's fine, but then make the penalty for driving a vehicle with while you're high be strong. I, that's where like, where I feel like the government fails, like, We've had alcohol legal for, since the thirties and we still haven't cracked down on the penalties for drunk driving. Yeah. And so if we make marijuana legal, are we going to crack down on marijuana high driving? 
you know, that, that another unintended consequence. Like, mm-hmm. and the other one that was on our ballot was for um, making clean water a right. <laughs> well, then, if you make clean, like, we That's already, a, yeah, go ahead. We we have clean water. Like, the municipalities aren't going to give us dirty water. So, but if you make it a right, then takes on more government regulation. They got to make sure everyone has it. And then they set the standard for what that means. Mm-hmm. What and is then clean? what is clean? And then how do you get it? And then to me, that just makes, I'm not against clean water for everyone. I'm against more government regulation and oversight over something we're already doing. Yeah, what is it is uh fluorine is that fluorine or fluoride that's in your mm-hmm. water, you know, those chemicals, does that mean that that's clean or is it not? Uh, mm-hmm. is it clean as in the way that God made the water or is it clean in, in terms of all the additives we add to it? Um mm-hmm. so that it's clean when we clean quote unquote when we drink it. So it doesn't yeah. it's not have the effects of offsetting the effects of rust and whatnot. Yeah. Um good point. Yeah. So let's look at, let's do a, our advice for our kids for as you are approaching a, an election. What would be your strategy for how do you determine which party to vote for or which candidate to vote for? Yeah. So I don't believe anything in the ads. Um, no matter where the ad is, whether it's online over the air in print, it's all skewed. And it's like you mentioned, it's all skewed for emotion. And, um, they, they use terminology that just is too extreme mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, so then what I do is when I'm looking at the candidates, I look at their, their own websites and their own um, if they have a Facebook page, look at their own Facebook page or something like that. Or if they don't like some of the local elections, they don't have Facebook pages or websites, but the newspapers interview them. Mm-hmm. And so you can look at the newspaper, even, even when a newspaper is slanted and you can tell that by the way they write the article, but when they quote the person or the person like fills out a survey for the newspaper, in response to questions that the newspaper poses, you can get a feel for the character of the person based on how they write Mm -hmm. their answers. And so that's really, I think that's one thing we forget that when we're voting for somebody, you're voting for the person and their character. And you're not going to agree with all of their policies or their stands on things. Um, I mean, I remember that from when we lived in Minnesota and that was the governor race. There was the Democrat, Republican, and then there was Jesse Ventura. <laughs> and we're like, we saw the debate mm-hmm. and both Caroline and I watched the debate and we were like, both the Democrat and the Republican are horrible. Yeah. They're not, you know, so we voted for Jesse because it was crazy. 
and the state was fine. You know, we survived. <laughs> God was still in control. Yeah. Right. That's the other thing too. Like when you, you're excited about the results and you want to root for the person you voted for, but in the end, God is still in control and the world's not going to end if your guy doesn't get in. Yeah. That's the one question I have about a Christian engaging in politics as a dad is just that whole, that it can suck you in thinking that this is what it means to be a Christian to vote a certain way or for a party to win, a certain party to win. Otherwise our Mm -hmm. Christian values are under attack or this is how we, we somehow transplant our faith into the politics of the day. Our faith is lived out in the midst of where we are and where God has called us. And, uh, it's going to be the same. Our, our faith is still lived even if a government is communist, even if you're living in under Islam or something like that. You're still going to live out your Christian faith because that's who you are, not based on the governments. America is just a, it's an interesting enigma that, that we have so much control as Christians as to how things are going. And that control is, is we manifest that through our, our voting. And, and sometimes we, we get a, a skewed and we need that reset um, of, yeah. I'm I'm still a Christian. God is still in control, no matter how the election goes, no matter which party wins. He is still working all things out for my good. We certainly pray for whoever wins that uh, that we would, as Christians, lead uh, peaceful and quiet lives, no matter who is elected. Um, and we still pray for God to take care of us and to take care of our country, not because we deserve it, but because that's who He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My strategy, you have mentioned, uh, looking at your candidates' websites if you can, if, if, and if they have like policies that, or positions that you would read that, that I thought that was an excellent, excellent idea. Cause then it saves you on all the political ads. And you just have to, you just have to get past it. Like this, emo- these things, these political ads are just trying to manipulate my emotions. I'm trying to stick to, stick to the issues, trying to stick to, as I vote for that individual, am I voting for, the the character of that person or, or am I voting for the positions that they hold and not necessarily the that they're a fine upstanding person but that they seem to have an idea as to how to get this whatever the issue is um and move that forward my um my source for political news and I really like your ideas I'm just going to add to it is ground.news and ground.news takes uh, an issue like a an, an article about something a race in a government ra- uh, governor race in Wisconsin and there's an article about it and then it it, it tells you which sites uh, have a story about it or which sites are ignoring it and usually if both side si- if you have like Fox News and CNN reporting on that same story then you can be reasonably assured that that's actually happening that that's really the truth but if one side if the CNN is doing it, but Fox is not, or Fox is doing it and CNN is not, I think it's more likely that that's a fake story, that it is a propaganda on one side or the other, trying to get you to, to be upset about the other side or feel good about your own side, trying to manipulate your emotions, set your hair on fire, if you will, instead of uh, uh, actually telling you content. Another skill to practice on is... Critical reading. I don't know if that's a thing, but like I'm when I was looking at the governor race, Tony Evers and Michaels, um, 
And I would go to their websites and they both have a, a page that outlines their plan to make Wisconsin great. And just, um, the way they word things helps you understand where they're going and know that, okay, what they say can change. Mm-hmm. Their position on a topic can change. And so you're just, you kind of like, um, take everything they say and, and publish it with a grain of salt. Like they're looking out for themselves. And so if they get elected and then they try to do the things they promised they were going to do and then it becomes difficult or it, they, there's an unintended consequence that they, you know, like they, they want to try to, to do something and then their advisors say, well, you know, if you do that, then this is going to happen. And then he's like, ooh, well, I don't want that to happen so that I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do. But we don't know all that stuff that goes behind the scenes. So there's a plenty of, so you just go, you kind of look a broad stroke over their issues that they lay out and overall, what direction are they headed to make the state better in this case? And I, I, I think I'm um, understanding you correctly. Like with Donald Trump, build the wall. Did he actually build a wall? And then his critics would say, well, he didn't actually build a wall, but his effort was to, to slow immigration so that uh, so that those who do cross the border are not your criminals and your drug cartels and things like that so the wall was there was the decrease of people crossing the border but an actual wall wasn't wasn't accomplished right but i liked he gave you a concrete easy example to understand Mm. of what he was trying to do yeah which i liked um a lot of times they don't and like you were saying with the referendum, that's kind of a, their their intent, so that people can read into <laughs> what they're saying if they're if they're not being clear. That's a, the nice thing about um, a candidate like Donald Trump, or um, I, I can't I can't think of a, what um, the Cortez candidate from in, in New York, um, AOC, where mm-hmm. they're clear they're clear on what they're trying to. You may not agree with it, but you know exactly right. the direction right. that they're headed. So yep, right. you know where they're going, and uh, they may not follow it exactly the way that they say, but we know you know where they're going. So you can appreciate the clarity that comes from a candidate either from either side. Um, I guess one, I guess one, I want to just give an example of reading what's on their websites and what it in their direction that they're headed. So if you just want to pick, I want to pick like economics and. Both um, Michaels and Ebert address that issue. So Ebert says on his website, he believes families across Wisconsin deserve relief from rising costs and is taking action. Whereas Michael said he wants to provide businesses with the opportunity to succeed and grow. Um, so those are two, like one to me sounds like Oh, we'll just give you more government programs to help with rising costs. And the other one is I'm going to help a business succeed so that your cost in the end will be lower because the business is succeeding. So there's two, that's two different kinds of mindsets of how they're going to tackle a problem. And so then that's what I 
Like I'm not looking, I'm not, when I go to vote, then I'm not voting on the particular programs that they're running or promoting, but their mindset behind their decision-making. Because really they, when you look at it, they, um, they both want the same things, or at least they, they claim to want the same things, you know? So they both want people to thrive. They both want elections um, to be honest. You know, they um, they both want people to have health care. You know, so it's just they want the same things. It's just how do they get there? And I wish I wish that we could in the public discussions that we see in those ads that they would address those things rather than bashing each other and saying each other's radical for this or that little nitpicky thing that they take out of context. Yeah. And, and uh, kids, I don't think that's ever going to (laughs) stop. It, it it doesn't work. You know, it's human nature to operate off of fear or operate out Mm -hmm. of anger. And so the, and it's always been that way. I mean, if you look at news, newspapers from the Civil War, they're doing the same exact strategy of just bashing the other side, Abraham yep. Lincoln and so on. So it's not like we're pining for the good old days. We're just saying we're looking at this and we're not buying the, we're not drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, we're not looking at the uh, uh, political ads for our source of information for why we vote the way mm-hmm. that we do. Candidates are going to have different approaches. And if you can understand the different approaches of how they are going to handle an issue, then it's, then it's up to you and your Christian freedom to say, well, which, which one would, would I like? Right. And, mm-hmm. um, it, which one would I prefer? And, and that's up to you to make that decision of how you want these certain uh, programs to work and, and how yeah. these issues are solved. Because each each party, if I'm going to be really honest, each party is going to have, it's going to look at some of the, it's going to have a different emphasis on which issue it's going to face first and then how it's going to address it. And um, for the Christian, we are free to, to look at this and say it's not just, a, for example, it's, the elephant in the room is pro-life. So you say one side says mm-hmm. they are uh, for abortion, one side says they are against abortion, and you can make that your issue as you're free to do that as a Christian. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing for you to do. I'm just saying that it's not always the only thing that a Christian can, can weigh in. They might say you're, you're for abortion, but you're not, you're not helping uh, individuals who are, uh, who can't find health insurance. So you, you've got all of these, uh, families that are struggling that are low income families. What, what, what programs are there for them? And then, you know, one side would say, well, they've got, you know, the free market to help them or they've got charities to help them. But, but Christian might say, you know what? I would really like some of my tax dollars to help them as well in, in mm-hmm. some sort of program, recognizing no program is going to be perfect. There's always going to be bureaucracy. There's always going to be waste, um, that happens. There's plenty of waste. It doesn't matter which, who's in power. I remember when we were in the eighties and nineties and just, becoming a little bit more aware of our politics and how it was we were in the height of the cold war and that was one of the things where all of the wasteful spending that we were spending on defense because the USSR was going to you know could attack us at any moment so we're we were throwing all kinds of money at our in our defense budgets one side said that's important we need to defend ourselves the other side said 
uh, we're spending way too much money here. There's too much bureaucracy. So there's, I, I feel, my personal opinion, I feel that there's, we, if the Christian wants the moral path and it, and wants to be clear, black and white, this is, this is right and this is wrong. And a realization in politics that that isn't, that isn't the, that isn't a thing. Um, as Christians, mm-hmm. we are struggling with gray. We are struggling with two wrongs. And the comfort we have when it comes at the end of an election day, the comfort is in the fact that God is still in control, that in all of this, the gospel de- still needs to be proclaimed. No matter what happens, we are not released from our obligations as Christians to care for someone else. We're not released from our obligations uh, to stand up for the truth. The government doesn't do our job as a Christian um, for us. Our government is there to provide peace and how it determines to do that. It's, it's held accountable to, to God, how it holds its, uh, its authority. Um, but on the same point for us as Christians, we don't have to feel that we are, um, that we are, uh, that we're in trouble if one side. Yeah. Um, loses or wins. Yeah, and the the looking at our notes, the question you had there, are the issues pundits talk about the issues that determine your vote? Or even are the issues that the candidates talk about the issues that determine your vote? Are the issues that are put in the ads issues that determine your vote? Uh for me, all three of those are no. <laughs> And that's what's so frustrating. Like, I wish there was a candidate that would talk about the issues that we, the common people, really want to know about and be clear. They're always so vague because they don't want to put themselves in a corner. But, yeah, so you can't take, you can't, uh, or my advice would be you can't take what you hear or read about candidates or issues, you got to do your own research. Yeah. And make choices and not feel like, um, somebody, another Christian who makes different choices is somehow wrong. Yeah. That's that's really, that's a struggle, isn't it? It's just to say, we are Christians exercising our freedom, even when it comes to things like uh, life. It, yep. um, that's a really hard one for Christians to stomach because of so much of the propaganda uh, given to right. them by pundits who would say, well, if you are really a Christian, you're going to vote for life and no other issue. Yeah, I mean, the same like with the gay marriage or the genders issue or um, abortion. I think the same way, like, that is really low priority to me because people are going to do what people are going to do. We as Christians should take a stand to love all people and show them God's word gently at the right time. But, and, and not move off of our scriptural positions, but um, to have those issues be so strong to influence our vote, I don't think is healthy. Because the government is government. It is not religion. Mm-hmm. Nor do I want it to be. Nor, you know. And I want, yeah, we don't want government to do our work. Right. Yep. Or to push our morals. 
we want the government to create a safe country for us to live in. Yeah. Which we, to be fair, a safe country to be lived in is one that follows God's moral law. However, right. <laughs> let's not get, let's not, yeah, let's not uh, have the government do our, do our job for us and think that, well, mm-hmm. I voted this way. Now I don't have to, I don't have to stand up to, or have a conversation with someone about marriage because it's the law. So now I don't have to talk about it. Or abortion. I think a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of Christians yep. were caught flat footed once abortion, the ban was lifted, a Roe v. Wade was reversed because now they, they weren't equipped to talk about this conversation because for many years it was while well, abortion was legal. So now we don't, it was all about po- the politics of getting that reversed rather than having conversations with others about why life is important. Mm-hmm. Yep. This podcast is for our kids and it, primarily and anybody else that's listening is welcome. But as you turn legal age to vote, you have your own political opinions. And we, as your dads, just want to encourage you to look at the issues and know what you're voting on and to look deeper than what you see or hear in either in the ads or, or in conversations with people. You know, think, think intentionally about your vote. 